This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people on trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutlinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutlinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Rod. Yeah. Great crowd tonight. Yeah. Buster's coming in from Texas. Yeah. Uh, coming from Alabama. the Midwest. Yeah, all over the yeah. place getting here. Welcome to the uh, show. There we go. There we go. No, I, you know, I, Mike and I were talking before we went live here, and we've got a guest coming up on March, and I said the 18th, because that's a month, and since February's only 28 days, it puts us perfectly in the next month. But then I'm looking at her email here, and she goes, thanks so much for your email. Anthony would love to chat on March 19th, if still available. Now, what? I know what. And what day is the That's the Friday. That's a Friday. Well, and Friday airtime? Because you said they're in France. Well, right? maybe, yeah. They, they, they are. They're, mm-hmm. Yeah. They are. Good point. They are in France, so that might work. I don't know. I, you know, need to get a hold. And because uh, eight o'clock, wait, seven o'clock our time. They're five, six hour difference. Yeah, I think so. So, so te- I think it's one o'clock in the morning for okay. them. Yeah, yeah, because I have UTC time here, and it's twelve o two a.m. UTC time. So if that would be about right, though. Then yeah, not one o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Well, two o'clock, yeah. maybe two o'clock, because it. I don't know how far. Well, no, yeah. France should be just about the same time zone as. Let me let me go to Google. As Greenwich Mean Time. <laughs> uh, France okay. uh, time zone is. Uh, it. Is one o two a.m. in France right now? Okay, so yeah, Central, we were right. Yeah, European Central European Standard Time. Wow. Huh. Wow. Okay. Oh, I didn't know they had that. I didn't oh. either. So I got to get a hold of them and and make this. Well, Vinovest. Is that the one we were going to do a, a pre-recorded show though? We. I thought we were doing. Well, that we talked like, about normal it. Time. Yeah. Is this the one? Yeah. Is I'm this the same one? one? Yeah, I, I don't know. I need to get these things sorted out. I just... Okay. Uh, no, that was that was uh, Pierre from Italy. Yeah. Pierre. Uh, that one. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was... that. I have a question was, mark recorded show. When are we starting this one? Have we started uh, already? Hello? I don't Pierre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> uh, the tenth is one that, that's pure, and mm, she says yeah. the tenth works for us. That's one that was confusing too. 
Well, the tenth is the day before the a Thursday. Mm. So I got one that's going okay. to do it Wednesday, and one that's going to do it Friday, which neither one of them work. Neither. Uh, okay. So well, we need to figure out the uh, yeah. How to I need to get them as well. So yeah, I need to get on the email, but. We got guests for a couple of times next week or next month already. And we got one for next week. Uh, Natalie mm-hmm. is scheduled for next yep. week. And yeah, that should be fun. Natalie's. Uh, oh, she's geez, a wine she's, happy. Yeah, yeah. She, she's, she's a wine person. She's uh, written a book, Red, White, and Drunk All Over, A Wine-Soaked Journey from Grape to Glass. And our second book, Ooh. Unquenchable, a tipsy quest for the world's best bargain wines. You know, uh, plus she's talked to all sorts of people and she's won awards and everything else. I, I may not be worthy to interview her. I don't know. It's she's got herself quite <laughs> quite a resume. A resume. Here. Yeah. So she's she's our guest next week, so tune in next week and for Natalie and then Let's see, that's the 28th or 25th, yeah. So then we immediately jump into March. So then the 4th, as of now, we don't have anything. But then the 11th and 18th, hopefully, we can get those people switched around and taken care of. So stay tuned. The mystery is in the works to be solved. Yes. Yeah. It'll be solved on the 9th of March. Ninth of the Ides of, we'll, we'll solve it on the Ides of March. The Ides of March. Yeah. Ides. The Ides of um, March. Oh, just waiting for uh, the countdown when their show starts. Uh, we'll see when, when the uh, countdown from Blog Talk Radio shows up so we can do the intro. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so, let's yeah. uh, so, um, see. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. Our, okay, we're back. We're on there. We're, we've been talking to you. We've been trying to tell you what's happening and what's going on oh. in the future here. So uh, everybody's ready. Uh, the 14th, less than a month, we go into daylight saving time again. Uh, 14th oh, of March. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. And then St. Patty's Day is coming up. And... Hmm. Oh, so, okay. Um, Whoo. Get that sorted out and all that. We'll have all the information for you. If not next week when we talk to Natalie, then the week after we don't have a guest, we'll let you know what's happening in March. So mm-hmm. it's we will be busy. Got some stuff to share with you tonight. A few things that uh, I've been wanting to share with you and been waiting to talk about and all that. But we've been blessed this last two months. Well, more than that almost. It hasn't been uh, with guests. We've been really been uh, full of guests here since right after the first of the year or so. And then to end up last year, we had quite a few guests. So we are, we've been doing, we're on a streak here with guests. We, uh, I, you know, I, let me throw out a few things here. October the 8th, we had the writer and director of the um, movie Wine and uh, war and you can check out that movie at wineandwar.com all proceeds from that go to children's hospital in where Beretta and Beret Barut Barret Barut uh, yeah 
the Children's Hospital in Beirut. So uh, that's a good movie. Check that out. And then October 15th, we talked with Jim Lochran, and he has a couple of e-books, simple, easy reads, but great reference books that you can carry in your tablet or phone or whatever. And it's uh, uh, I what's what's the titles, Mike? Help me on this. With, uh, he did uh, the 15 minute guide to red wine, which is uh, 28 pages, and the 15 minute guide to white wine. Uh, those are his okay. uh, two latest ones that we. Have. 15 minute guide. I can I can think of that. Uh, good books, good interesting books, and it has a list in the back of the books telling you you know some some wines to try and stuff like that. So that is well worth a download too. And they're cheap. I think the red is still $1.99. The white's like two ninety nine. And even if the white or the red is two ninety nine, it's still worth worth your purchase on that. October twenty ninth we had um <laughs> Jesus, I got a blank. Joy uh, neighbors. <laughs> Joy neighbors, yeah, thank you. Oh man, I, my brain just not working right. Joy neighbors, and she has their her newest book, The Family Tree Cemetery Field Guide. Uh she is a wine enthusiast. She's always she's also uh, uh into cemeteries, haunted cemeteries, haunted places. She always comes on in October and talks to us about haunted uh, businesses and wineries and stuff. But she has a new book, Family Tree Cemetery Field Guide, which is a reference. If you're doing family trees and you are doing genealogy, this is a great book for that. It goes into how to read some of the or some of the headstones and what markings mean and different things like that. A great reference if you are into genealogy, and even if you're not, it's it's an interesting read. Then, October or November the nineteenth, we had Michael Brown was on the show, and he was fun. He wrote just wrote himself a book. In fact, I think the book didn't come out until like three or four days after we talked with him, and the book was Pino Rocks, P-I-N-O-T, Pino Rocks, and it is available on. YouTube, and it's also available on Audible. And the cool thing about that is William Shatner, and you've heard that name from Star Trek, the same one. William Shatner reads the book. So you can uh, check that out and uh, get that online. Did I miss anybody? I think I got... Uh, Well, um, last week we had Jeff Bradford, wasn't that the 11th uh, founder, producer yeah. of Beer, Wine, and Spirits, a uh, filmmaker dedicated to revealing the stories behind the labels of our favorite drinks. He does, uh, he does all of them. He does beer, wine, and spirits. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of in that same, uh, you know, film same genre, making, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, video. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. And he does videos. He's on YouTube, and you can you know check him out on YouTube. Yeah, you're right. I he was just last week. I had my notes here, and I didn't write him down. So, yes, just last week he was on. Uh, interesting guest. He's got a lot of uh, neat stuff that he's working on that he work that he does and all that, and a good story there. So he does interviews, and he's got videos that he does on the interviews, and he posts them. What do you say about once? He tries to get every fortnight, which is, I believe, every two weeks, if I'm not mistaken on my terminology. We did it um, 
we did it once a month, but uh, due to COVID, uh, due to COVID, but otherwise it's like every other two, every other week. Yeah, um, every fortnight. Yeah. Self-proclaimed Mike Rowe of beer and spirits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's out there yeah. and working and everything, working on the on the vineyards and in the winery. So it's pretty cool. That's uh, a good deal. Yeah, he is pretty cool. He was he was he's a lot of fun. Uh, ex-military, uh, the retired from military, and couldn't figure out what he wanted to do with his life, so he jumped into all three wine, spirits, and beer. So wow, uh, punched out. A lot for him there. So, yes, thank you. That's that's one that was just on last week. I saw an article, and I'm going to try to get a hold of this guy. Uh, I won't tell you a whole lot about him, because if I get a hold of him, I'll let, you, I'll let him tell you his story. But it's a Michael Yorison, and he's got a new venture that he just started up, an area company. He's out of Sarasota, and I need to get a hold of him and try to find his number and information for him, see if I can't get him as a guest. But he doesn't drink. But he sat down one day and had some non-alcoholic wine. And he said, well, here, let me read you one little thing out of this article. He said, in 2015, I had made a personal choice to no longer drink alcohol. I had changed my lifestyle, and alcohol is no longer part of that lifestyle. But then he tried some 0% alcohol wine from northern Italy. And he said it was fantastic. And he wanted to get this back to the States and share it. And so he has been. That has been a pro, uh, a uh, his venture, his new business. He is in Florida now. He's got non-alcoholic Italian wine in stores in Florida, and he's looking at trying to expand it around the country. It's called Bonafide Foods is the name of the company. And the wine, I think, is Bonafide Wines. Is that right? Bonafide, yeah. Bonafide 0% alcohol-free Italian wines. So he is local, uh, Sarasota, and he's charting this. I'll see if I can't get a hold of him and get him scheduled to the show. He sounds like that might be interesting in itself. But uh, zero free, but he said it tastes great. So who knows? Um, I'm have to go out and find a bottle of it. And before, if you if you go into Whole Foods or Total Wine, he is in both those stores. But that's something else for the future there, too. So uh, check out the ones we've talked to. Give them support if you do. And they have a comment section telling you heard it on All About Wine. And, you know, check out all the all the different things. There. There's a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of things people write. And they're interesting, too. I've, I've seen the movie I told you about and read uh, the books and everything. And they're, they're all very good. It's, it's worth, worth sitting down, reading, looking at. And uh, all of them are easy reads, and the movie really interesting and informative, so check them all out. Got a few things to talk to you about tonight and uh, share. uh, My sympathies and thoughts go out to the people in Texas and all around the country. It's just like, oh, my gosh, Uh, when Siberia sends an Arctic air mass over the top of the world on top of us, they aren't kidding unbelievable 
I follow the weather on the back of the sports page here and and I always look at the temperature difference in the United States was the hottest and was the coldest and in the summer how close they are together between the hottest and coldest and in the winter how far apart they are a couple of days ago there was a temperature of 90 degrees in Florida and the low was minus 50 in North Carolina, North Dakota. Now, a difference of 140 degrees in the United States here. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I've never seen that before. But cold, cold. And what I'm bringing this up because grapevines have a hard time making it through cold like that. This is why Minnesota, uh, New York, all these places, you don't see uh, some grapes that we're so used to, the Cabernet Sauvignons and the Syrah and Chardonnays and things like that, because when it gets a sustained cold over a period of time, it freezes the ground and freezes the grapes, uh, freezes the roots and kills the grapevine. And that's why University of Minnesota, University of Wisconsin, University of Michigan, Cornell University in New York are always trying to come up with grapes that will survive in cold weather. They are all northern schools and northern climates, and they are always trying to come up different types of clones or new grapes or something. That's why you hear about all these unusual names coming out of the northern States, whenever we talk about grapevines or something, or whenever we've interviewed people, we've said, you know, what do you grow there? And they'll throw out these names that we're going, oh, what's that? And then, you know, a lot of them are Northern University hybrids that they came up with that are cold hardy. And it's not the grapevine itself so much as it is the root system. This is what is critical when you get it too cold. And this is a problem. This has been so cold. From, well, from the Dakotas down to Texas and up over uh, the, uh, well, Mississippi, Alabama, up through Kentucky and Tennessee and on over to New York. I mean, these are all grape growing regions. We've talked to a lot of these people. We've interviewed some wineries in all these areas and all that. And they don't have a lot of the real cold hardy grapes planted. Because, well, why? Why does Texas need to plant grapevines that can withstand 25 below zero uh, or a frozen ground for a period of uh, a couple days or stuff like this? You, they don't. I mean, it just it's usually not an issue. Until now. I'm curious, and I don't want to call them now because they're still fighting too much of what's going on now. There's this, there's still a lot of issues there and I, I don't want to call them now, but we're going to find out, uh, as it starts. And they're supposed to get up into the mid forties tomorrow, uh, or day after tomorrow, whether it's uh, Saturday or Sunday, it's supposed to be up in the mid forties. And a lot of that snow is going to start melting, which is going to create a problem too. It's going to start creating some, some flooding, I'm afraid, because when you get a lot of snow, and it melts, especially if it melts fast, it does come up with a lot of extra water that you're not used to. But 
once it warms up and once they get rid of that snow, which should be within the next couple of weeks or so, because I don't don't foresee it dropping down real cold like that again. We're going to give them a call. We're going to talk to a couple of wineries out there, and maybe we can get them on the air and have them tell us how they how they survived this and what they did. Uh, but it's an issue. It's an issue that affects a lot of the vinifera grapes and the vinifera grape family. And if I've described what they are, these are the Cabernets and Merlots and Chardonnays and Rieslings and the ones that you're used to, the ones that you see in the grocery stores all the time. These are vinifera, Vitus vinifera, or vinifera, depending on who you talk to. But these vinifera grapes aren't made for real cold weather. So I hope they survived for the sake of all these grape growers, and especially the hill country in Texas and uh, all that. That's They've gotten some really cold weather and a lot of snow, and I don't know how it's going to impact them. But we will continue following up on this and find out what we can on those areas there, but our thoughts are definitely with them, and we'll see what what's happening with that stuff. So, okay, let's see. What's this? Oh, this is... All right, let me get out of that. Supreme Court. This is from, uh, what's the date on this? I think this is only, this a month ago. All right. So, but we haven't had a chance to chat like this in a month because of the guests, which I, I'm glad we've had guests. That's, that's great. But this came out a month ago. The U.S. Supreme Court, and this is one article here, this is a little bit shorter, and I think, you know, I may read it to you just to let you know the full context instead of trying to reword it. The U.S. Supreme Court denies cert in the retailer wine shipping case. And cert, I believe, just simply means they deny bringing it before the court and reviewing it. I think that's what CERT means when they say this. I, I'm not sure, but I'm not familiar with the term CERT. But I think what it means is simply that they're not going to review it. But it says, and again, this was from the 11th. <coughs> Excuse me. Today, the U.S. Supreme Court denied CERT in Labamoff versus Whitmer, a case which challenged a Sixth Circuit ruling which held that Michigan's ban on out-of-state wine retailer shipping was deemed constitutional. Okay. Although the six-course decision clearly deviates from the legal standards set forth in Granholm and Tennessee wine, the Supreme Court will wait for a circuit split to emerge before granting cert on this issue. So I think cert means that they'll review it. The court's lack of action leaves in place a decision which replaces the Commerce Clause standards set forth in Granholm uh, and Tennessee wine. And it deems the non-discriminatory reasonable alternatives test required for the Commerce Clause or 21st Amendment cases as an irrelevant legal doctrine. 
whoa, okay, so what that does is the Commerce Clause, which means that 21st Amendment, and I, I was going to look, I was going to read you the 21st Amendment, but it's all mumbo-jumbo legal. Basically, what it says is that states cannot do anything to stop another state from doing business or hindering business or stopping business. All states are independent, but one state can't make rules that are so difficult. Now, oh geez, I don't know how long ago it was. It was about five years ago, six years ago, we had a state representative on the show and a retired state representative wasn't enough, but he said that the commerce clause is really what we should go after in the wine shipping business to open it up because when different states say, no, you can't ship that wine in here, that is against the commerce clause because it doesn't, that was discriminating against shipping across state lines. So you can't do that. The Commerce Clause says that. Well, the Supreme Court's ruling of Granholm and Tennessee wine sort of said, no, you don't have to do the test required for that. It's The Commerce Clause is sort of like, no, that's not really needed. Which, well, yeah, it does. Uh, I, I remember a story that uh, the representative told us. He said a number of years ago, you know, 40, 50 years ago, Florida wrote into the law that had to have a bigger flap on the back over the wheels. And he said it came about because a legislature was driving to work one day and a truck kicked up a rock and it hit his windshield, cracked his windshield. And so he got mad and wrote this law, and it was passed. So Florida had this standard where the flaps on trucks had to be a certain size, which was larger than any other flap required in any other state in the nation. And so that means that when trucks drove into Florida, they either had to stop and change their flaps or risk a ticket. Well, they battled this and fought this, and it didn't take very long at all for that law to be rescinded because it was a discrimination against all trucks coming into the state. That's a good example of the Commerce Law. Well, the Supreme Court says you've got to put the, the, the test. And let me continue reading here. In real-life terms, the court's lack of activity leaves in place state protectionist regimes which put a fence around state borders and do not allow out-of-state retailers access to consumers that desire a specific product. Wine, we're talking here. In the end, the real losers are the consumers, small specialty wine retailers, and the taxpayers. If a consumer cannot obtain a specific wine because the in-state wholesale network does not supply that wine to retailers. The consumer is forbidden from accessing another state's marketplace to satisfy its needs. 
Pennsylvania is an excellent example of this because Pennsylvania has state stores, and if you're not in their state stores, you cannot order wine from outside the state. Not supposed to, anyway. And I think Utah is the same way. They're very tight on that, and as is Arkansas. And I, they may have changed, so we need to... Uh, we need to get uh, President Free the Grapes back on and see how he's doing on eliminating his job. But if you cannot find it in a state that doesn't allow it, you can't have it shipped across the state lines like a fence, like I said here. It's a fence built around the state to stop these other wines from coming in. The out-of-state specialty wine retailer cannot access customers in other states that desire their product. This leaves them shut off from the laws of supply and demand of a free market system, which are replaced by protectionist state-specific regimes. So it's, well, as COVID has greatly increased demand for shipping wine, many consumers desire wines not available in their marketplace. Obviously, yeah, we talked to a lot of neat people in the wineries and stuff, and a lot of people like to try their wines, but by not being able to purchase wine they desire, the state and local governments unnecessarily lose out on sales tax revenue from these purchases. And when you start talking sales tax revenue, when you start talking money to states, then their ears perk up. With the COVID crisis decimating state budgets, losing tax revenue is not something state and local governments can afford. Go on. The winner in this is big retailers and protectionism. Unlike small specialty retailers that can't afford a place of business in a state as a requirement for accessing the state markets, Retailers like Total Wine and Whole Foods, which is owned by Amazon, have the capital to put a physical location in each state. Putting a fence around interstate commerce will favor those businesses while hurting small independent specialty wine retailers. In the end, the course lack of action on an important issue is disappointing. Similar to the post-Granholm days, the court has decided to let terrible precedents stand and allow an issue to unnecessarily carry on instead of taking the right course of action immediately. The fight will go into the next circuits, so they'll ask them to review it again. So that's where we're at now. This was less than a month ago, so it's not changed since then. The course decided not to look at it, not to do anything. And so we're just waiting on that. Now, Missouri's just done something, too, and this was just took place, well, I think, just within the last few days. Excuse me. Uh, Missouri wine retailer. I love this site because every time you pull up another article on this site, it has a uh, a video on there. They had Queen on the last one. This one's Guns N' Roses and stuff. So it's really a cool site. But <laughs> it's the Irish Liquor Lawyer is the name of the site. You can go to IrishLiquorLawyer.com and uh, get all this stuff, uh, all this information. But what Missouri has done 
is the eighth court, eighth circuit court announced that today that Missouri's wine retailer shipping law, which allows in-state retailers to ship to Missouri residents, but denies the same privilege to out-of-state retailers, is constitutional. You know, is you can you can ship within your state, but you can't order from anything out of state. Again, it's uh, the consumer is hurting on this, it, and this this was upheld. And the date on this is yesterday, so that shows you how recent this these archaic rules are. I mean, I really do think they're archaic, but that was just upheld yesterday, and. That's just wine. Is the there's direct customer shipping uh, happening in Tennessee also and stuff like that. So, freethegrapes.org is a great site. We talked to the president there a couple of times. I need to make a note to call him and get him on the show again. In fact, let me let me pause you for a second here while I make a note because. You know, you can tell how bad I was about remembering names. You can imagine how bad I would be if I tried to remember to call somebody or something. And let's see, where's my pen? Always keep a pen here so I can have it ready. Okay, call. I think it was Gary, was it? I don't know. The president. Sounds right. Yeah, I think it was Gary was his name. Uh, free the. I read something about uh, cert. Um, it says uh, in the Supreme Court, if if four justices agree to review a case, then the court will hear the case, and that is what is referred to as a cert. That's the oh. short version. The long version of the name is uh, certiorari or something. Let me hold on and see if I can get Google to say it for me. Certiorari. Wow, certiorari. Wow. <laughs> no wonder they say cert, uh, Yeah, cert's better. So, uh, and then if four justices do not agree to review the case, the court will not hear the case, and that's defined as denying cert. Wow, that's a big term. But uh, of course, it's cert is short for uh, the full name, which is certiorari. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I figured the way they had this worded here, I figured that's what it meant. But I didn't know it. It took yeah. four justices to review. So, and there's what nine in the court, so that's not even half of them. So, there's got to be at least four. It sounds like so. Yeah. Okay. So you know, it doesn't even require half. It's just four of them that'll sit there and look at it. Huh. Huh. Well, that's good. Thank you. That's uh. So it's been passed up again this is uh yet another time it's been passed up and you can get four justices to look at this and so oh well yes that's right you know that's why i think supreme court should not be for life i mean you know i think they should be in a term for yep. x number of years and appoint another one so but again that's just that's my opinion, along with a lot of people's, but that's how I feel about it, too. So so we will keep you informed as, as things pop up and as we find out stuff on that. But as it stands right now, that is not a good thing. 
Okay, let's see. Uh, oh, here it is. Okay. This is a, a, a little bit longer article, and I'm not going to read you the whole thing because it is long. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I'm going to shorten it down for you. But the question of this article is, will Biden remove wine tariffs? Now, uh, we have been talking about wine tariffs and what's been going on with it and all that stuff. If you haven't remembered, then uh, Trump put tariffs on wines coming out of France and or a lot of them coming out of China, but out of France and the European Union. Well, I shouldn't say France. I should say the European Union. And so when he did this, uh, prices started to creep up on imported wines. And the French retaliated and said that they were going to start putting tariffs also. And so it was just like, oh, you're going to do this, I'll do this too. And you know how countries are. There's like kids and, you know, you hurt me, I'll hurt you. But now that Biden's administration prepares to, uh, that's in office and looking at the tariff policies, many parties are trying for the president to uh, put his attention on to removing the tariffs, uh, tariffs because they say there's not a win for it and we're paying money to get the other stuff in. Eliminating tariffs on wine and spirits is something that could provide relief and it officially cost the United States zero dollars to remove the tariffs. Okay, and actually it it doesn't cost the United States, it costs consumers. But we don't know what's going to happen. It's been kicked around by different companies and different organizations saying that the tariffs should be removed. But then others are coming in and saying, you know, it's not really that bad compared to other things that's been going on. Uh, They said relief is needed in it because additional tariffs announced at the end of the year, have effectively covered all French and German wines, as well as grapes that are distilled for products like cognac and armac. So while executive orders offer some hope for immediate relief, uh, the announcement is that uh, Biden plans to appoint uh, Catherine Tai, Tai, T-A-I, as his USTR, and USTR is what? I know it's here in the article somewhere that I can tell you what it means. Uh, well, maybe not. The USWTA, United States Wine Trade Alliance, but they want to be just the one. I mean, Australia has a wine czar, a, a wine, uh, they call it czar, but it's like a cabinet. And I, I want to be appointed to that. I want to be the United States wine czar. I think that would be just too cool. Just taste wines and get wines into the United States and everything. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, they've been looking at appointing Catherine Tay as a potentially 
head of the USDR, United States Trade Relations, I guess that could be. And she has been applauded broadly because she is one to be known to jump in and look at this stuff and uh, the impact of the tariffs on U.S. businesses and on consumers and stuff like that. And so hopefully she will be strong about this and pull back the tariffs. And, you know, I I don't care if you, you know, if you're red or blue, it makes no difference. It's the fact that we're paying more money for our wine. That makes a difference. And if we don't need to eliminate, if you don't think that's right, we don't need to eliminate tariffs, but if we cut back on them, I think France will do the same thing. And that will, give us a cheaper price on the import. I say, I keep saying France. I should say the EU, European Union. I think that will give us a cheaper price on our wines coming out of the European Union, which includes France and Germany and Spain and Italy and all the all the places. And if we can get ourselves a little discount, a little cutback on those prices, that's always a good thing. So we don't know yet. Uh, it, it looks like it might be cut back, but obviously it's not a major issue that has been addressed immediately. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens and see if uh, if the tariffs are rescinded or if they are adjusted or whatever is going on with it. It's not something that we know yet, but it's something that is something we need to follow and keep track of. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, wine technology. There is all sorts of names being used, all sorts of stuff uh, that wine technology and people talk wine. And we hear it all about wine, don't use a lot of them. I don't use a lot of them. I know Mike doesn't use a lot of them. We don't have any reason to start, you know, to, to describe wines in ways that people are going, huh, what what does that mean? Give me a, give me, a, well, this article here by a, uh, a what is he, a restaurant person? A uh, bartender turned retailer is what he is, Nat Henry. Uh, he wants to bring it back to to some simplicity on descriptions. Uh, five words that are worth reconsidering simply because they instantly make sense to most customers. Uh, these have fallen out of usage because, well, sommeliers and the bigwigs in wine don't use them because I think it doesn't cover enough. But Nat here, Nat Harry, thinks that they should be brought back. And the first one is jammy. Uh, it's, uh, it's considered too basic and assumed to refer to wines that are overly ripe, alcoholic, or lack structure. Uh, well, you know, as a consumer who doesn't have a big vocabulary, you can understand, Jamie, if something's got too much alcohol, you can taste the alcohol very easily. 
and so that's something you can use it as a description for something with a lot of alcohol uh, or that doesn't have any structure. It's sort of lacking any, well, let's see, better word for structure, uh, lacking any strength in the mouth and any characters in the mouth. It's jammy. Fruity is another one, Jammy's cousin, basically. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, fruity is one of those that sommeliers don't like at all because immediately you say, ooh, this is fruity, and they're assigned to say, well, what type of fruity? You say apple, and they go, well, what type of apple? And you say, well, uh, Granny Smith. Uh a fresh Granny Smith and one baked into a pineapple, you know, and you can it goes it goes crazy. It, it really does. I understand it can be crazy, but if you're learning about wine, if you're just starting, use the word fruity. It's vague, but you understand. People understand when you say something's fruity. I mean, you get a drink and you say, "Oh, this drink is fruity." You taste something. Oh, this is fruity, and you don't have to be really, really specific. It gives you a descriptive word that. Just about everybody understands in simplistic terms. Now, if you start breaking it down, you can do that, and that's wonderful. And if you can find it in a wine, get down to a very basic description, fruity works. Next one he said is Band-Aid. And they abandoned this word because it, well... Why would you want a wine to smell like or taste like Band-Aid? But it sometimes works if you can't think of something else. Uh, 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 Smoky, salty, uh, uh, things like that. These these are terms that run close to if you want to substitute Band-Aid. And so it's a simple, easy way to describe a whole bunch of other types of stuff, a Band-Aid. Everybody's familiar with Band-Aid smell, and so why not use it? If you want, again, if it smells and tastes like a Band-Aid, you know exactly what you're talking about, and just about everybody does. So it's a simple word to throw into your vocabulary that is easy to remember and easy to use. And then horse blanket, or or, I'm sorry, barnyard. Uh, Horse blanket, uh, chicken coop, uh, barnyard is used quite a bit uh, because it's very unpleasant. And it's usually used to describe the presence of the Brett yeast in wines, uh, Brettanomyces. This is sour off nose, off flavor, and all that. That's what barnyard. And if you taste, if you smell a wine that's off and all that, and you're saying, well, what's wrong with it? I don't know. What you know, Barnyard's a good description. Simple, easy. And then another one that is very easy to use, but it is so, so wide, is smooth. And this one is smooth. It's completely subjective, really. But it's easy. 
instead of round or velvety or polished or oily or whatever. You can use all these terms and people will go, huh? You say smooth and they go, oh, yeah, this is smooth. And so these are simple, five simple words for you that you can use that will describe stuff. And these aren't sommelier terms. They don't like these terms for some reason. These are falling out of favor. But these are ones that are very descriptive. And so you can use them. Jammy, fruity, band-aid, barnyard, which is bad, and smooth, which is a simple term. So there you go. There's five simple, easy words you can use to describe your wine that most people will immediately understand what they are and what you mean. Okay, let's see here. Now, let's... Since COVID is hitting us and since we are all pretty much became vegetables over the last year, will wine ruin your diet? Uh-huh. Okay, this is uh, from Wine Folly, and it's uh, by uh, the uh, author of Wine Folly herself. She's uh, uh, Madeline Puckett. Yeah, Madeline Puckett. And she's uh award-winning author, and, and she's co-founded Wine Folly and all that. Wine Folly is good. If you don't subscribe to it, you really should. It's, it's got a lot of basic information in there. But can you drink wine on a diet? Your metabolism, uh, metabolism and brain chemistry is unique to you, so be sure you talk to your doctor and get specific advice, okay, because you know, sometimes, and if you overdo it, moderation, moderation, really the key. Wines have zero carbs, which is a good thing, because a lot of people watch the carbs. Carb and wine come from, in the form of grape sugars left over after fermentation. Thus, wine that it ferments totally dry, and dry is the opposite of sweet. I always like to point it out because people, I, I realize at the winery a lot of times people didn't understand that that's what dry means, just simply the opposite of sweet. The drier it is, the less sweet it is. And so therefore, if it's dry, totally dry, it has no carbs. So our wineries refer to leftover grape sugars as residual sugar. Okay, so whenever you say, what's the residual sugar? That is the leftover sugars after it has been fermented. Many wine producers list wine's residual sugars on the back of it. You know, the residual sugar of such and such. And whenever I did wine, the tech sheets we did, we had to test for it. And we had to come up with the residual sugars of uh, each of the wines and all that. And whenever we got audited by the state, you know, a couple of times a year, they'd say, what What was the residual sugar on this or that? And we you know, had to have the records so we can show them all that. So all the tech sheets had to show that and, and other stuff. But RS, or residual sugars, is the leftover sugars after the wine has been fermented. So the residual sugars is when, you know, people used to come in and say, well, how... 
what what is the sugar in this? I said, well, you know, you you got to talk with sugars. Residual sugars are the is the sweetness level. So if it's real low on residual sugars, the sweetness percentage is low, and also the carbs are less, and the calories obviously are lower, and so all this stuff and total calories are also by the percentage of alcohol or the ABV, alcohol by volume. All these factors come into play whenever you're talking about how many calories in a wine. You can't just say, well, this wine has X number of calories per glass. If it is specific to that wine and you know all the factors, yes, but you can't just say a glass of red wine will have X number of calories per glass because, well, there's so many different red wines. Now, for example, let me give you a couple, three different examples here so you have an idea. The residual sugar, say, is zero. That is the sweetness by percentage, zero. Total carbs, zero. Sugar calories per serving, and we're talking about five ounces, 150 milliliter, on all this. This is our standard size where I'll be referring to all the time, 150 milliliter or five ounces, approximately. Sugar, calorie per, uh, sugar calories per serving on zero is zero. But total calories per serving on a 12% alcohol by volume is 91. 13% jumps up to 103. 14% alcohol, 111. And 15% alcohol, 119. So you see, even though it has no carbs and percentage of sweetness is zero, it's still got calories because of the alcohol, which alcohol... It's when you drink any alcoholic beverage, the body metabolizes that alcohol into sugars, and those go into your system. That's why diabetics need to watch their drinking and stuff like that because the sugar, the alcohol turns into sugars, and you can get too much sugar in you and that's not good for you or not not enough. So you got to watch that. Again, the alcohol by volume is a key factor in it. Now, let's jump on down here to the residual sugar of well, let's say 220. That's the last one on this list, 220. That is 22% sweetness by percentage. Those are your ice wines and, you know, your very, excuse me, very sweet wines. Total carbs in a glass of that would be 33, which is more than your recommended daily requirement, (laughs) really. That's a lot. Then sugar calories per serving of 150 on that glass would be 132. Then when you start getting alcohol by volume, 12% 12% is going to run you 223 calories, 13%, 235, 14, 243, and 15%, you got 251 calories for a five-ounce glass of that sweet wine you love so much. Ew. You know, you're you're using up your calorie allotments for the day in a couple of glasses of wine. 
So these things all make a difference. I mean, every everything in the wine. It's not just the residual sugar. It's the alcohol and the carbs can also add up and make a difference. So all these things come into to play. So if you're looking at having a glass of wine tonight and you're on a diet, watch what the wine is. Watch your alcohol by volume and your residual sugar or your RS, the leftover sugars. These are the two things. Now, the drier the red wine, which means the less sugar in it, basically the better it's going to be for you because it won't have as much calories. If you like a sweet wine at night, then you're drinking yourself a, a glass of calories and carbs before bed, which is not a good thing. So keep that in mind. If you're on a diet, wine's okay, but you need to start looking for those those levels. Uh, look for a wine with three grams of uh, per liter of residual sugar. And that's usually how they talk about it, grams per liter of residual sugar. So residual sugar RS, if they if they tell you on the bottle, they are talking grams per liter. So a good rule of thumb if you're counting your carbs is to look for wines with three or less grams per liter of residual sugar. And this is a low number. This is only 2.25 carbohydrates in less than an entire bottle. So three grams per liter. If you're if you're looking at if you're on a diet and you want to stay down low on that. And uh, prosecco and other sparkling wines. Now this is something you need to keep in mind here. Now, if you are into sparkling wines, and you should be because sparkling wines are fun and they're always fun to drink and all that, but pretty good choice for calorie conscious drinkers because they usually are only about 11, 12% alcohol by volume. But nearly all of your grocery store Proseccos contain two to four carbs per serving. And if you're carb conscious on your diet, then that's something you really need to be aware of. Your sweetness levels, basically your extra brute 0.9 carbs per five ounce serving. And we're talking 150 milliliters again here. Just keep that in mind. And if you're into metrics or five ounce serving, that's extra brute. Brute is up to 1.8 carbs per serving. Extra dry is sweeter than brute. 1.8 to 2.55 carbs per serving. And then dry is actually the sweetest of your your champagnes is 1.8 to 2.55 carbs per serving. So you want to get an extra brute or brute if you're doing champagnes. So wines contain calories in the form of alcohol. I just talked about that. This is really something you need to look at more than anything else because that alcohol will metabolize itself into sugars into the body and it will definitely, definitely add on calories 
by the back door. You won't be thinking about it and all that. So you need to keep it down to five ounce pours. And when they say one to two servings per day, they mean five ounces. A wine bottle that or a glass that fits over the top of a wine bottle is not a serving. It's 150 milliliters or five ounces, which I'm sorry, people, I really am. That's not really a whole lot. It's really pretty small. Alcohol tricks your brain into thinking you're hungry, too. So, one of the downsides of drinking wine is that it initiates your hypothalamus and your amygdala. And these two brain centers control things like your emotion, your body temperature regulations, hunger, and libido. Therefore, it's common. That. Okay. Therefore, it's common for people to think they're hungry if they have been drinking, which is just alcohol sweating your appetite. It's all it's doing. That's why people have a cocktail before they eat, because it whets the appetite. So if you're going to stick to your diet, don't be adding food to it. You're going to feel that you're hungry, but it's just the alcohol playing tricks on your brain, making you think you're hungry. You don't need it. Okay, and again, to end up here on this is long-term studies with wine drinkers point to many benefits, but it all goes null the moment you over-drink. Okay, and everything I've ever read to you about heart health and brain health and fighting cancers and fighting um, your gout and whatever you're doing, once you overdo it, it has a reverse effect. So the American Heart Association recommends that females drink no more than one drink a day and males no more than two drinks. These are five-ounce drinks. These aren't much. Uh, men digest their alcohol differently than women, and that's why the difference. So, you know, I'm sorry, ladies, but, you know, that's, just the way it is but either way it's not much five ounces of wine is not much uh don't overdo it you know i i then you say okay well i can have more well yeah but watch what you're drinking all that is calories and it will make a difference so and again since we're on this covid diet now and most people I guess we can call it the COVID diet because I think a lot of people are on diets now because they've been sequestered for a year almost a year now since they've been down for almost a year then uh, diets are important but if you're going to drink wine you can do so but again moderation and speaking of COVID Mac have you gotten your first shot yet or both of them who? Me? Yeah. No. No, there's oh. no way. <laughs> oh? <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I, I know you all have, and uh, first off, I'm yeah. not going to sit in the line. Uh, I know you all struggled with that, but uh, yeah. there's no way I'm going to. No, I, I, I don't know. It's the, You know, the thing is, is is that I'm the more I read about it, which makes me sick anyway, it's like uh, – <laughs> You know, like like you take a shot now for something that they they drummed up last year, quick, and then all of a sudden yeah, tomorrow there's five more strains of of the yeah. virus that they oh 
wait, you know, and it's like, is it a never ending thing? I mean, what's going on? Wait, um, there's more. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've never had a flu shot and really? uh, I don't, yeah, never, never had to. I mean, uh, I just, I don't know. Uh, I've had the flu, but, and I know this is totally different, but I just don't see, it's just not uh, something that I, that I see that, that, you know, if I take it today, and a new strain or 10 strains come out in a month. Oh, I got to take it again because now that covers yeah. this. I, I don't know. And if, I, I just, if it does you know, cover it too. So. Well, I, yeah. I'm in a high risk area. I'm old and I got diabetes. Yeah. And so uh, I right. had my first one. I'll get my second one on the eighth and, you know, and I'll be done with mm-hmm. the two of the Moderna That's shots. One. Isn't the second one supposed to be the sore where it makes you, yeah, I never it? had a problem. <laughs> never had a problem. Okay. It just, you know, my arm, it just, you know, I, I didn't know. I asked her, I said, how, how many units? Cause I, I'm like, I said, I'm diabetic. I take insulin. And I mm-hmm. asked the girl when she, I said, how many units is, is the uh, vaccine? And she said 0.5. And I, I thought to myself, that can't be right. 0.5 is nothing. That is, mm. you know, a, you look at a syringe and 0.5 is not even marked on it unless the syringe is really, really skinny. So I don't think that's right. I, and, you know, I, I really want to know how yeah. many units. And when you look it up uh, on the internet, how many units is 0. 0.5, you know, and now oh, that, yeah. yeah, something's wrong there, but yeah, yeah. I, I got it. Yeah. And, and it just, and there's this, like you said, there's so many different strains coming out now and all that stuff. And they said people who have had both the shots can be around people with both the shots. And so we're going to have to start wearing the little cards around our necks. And I've been double shot. Oh, yeah. So, you know, have you no, Oh, get away. You know, it's just, it's going to be, <laughs> it's a be like, a, like a tracking device, a little tracking yeah. device. So when you're, you're near somebody, you get like a green light and you go, Oh, Oh, okay. Oh. You're friendly. Oh, you're safe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's red. I oh, can't be around. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, a little red light. Also. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's just, you get but they, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like they say, they did it so fast. And, uh, you know, I mean, praise mm-hmm. them for being able to get, come up with vaccines so fast. But mm-hmm. this thing is starting to mutate, too. And it's starting to mutate yeah. into different things. And will these vaccines yeah. work? Are they working on, you know, it's it's just all so crazy it really is yeah too many questions but, and uh yeah. you know, um i just i don't know i can't uh can't wrap around it just yet but um yeah i know i know exactly uh, what you mean yeah. something totally different but uh i don't mind shots but you know and then did, you had to wait or did you you went pretty Actually, much right into it my we, we got it at Publix, and uh mm-hmm. my wife spent a lot of time an engineer spent a lot of time on the phone trying to schedule appointments. Well, not mm-hmm. on the phone. I'm sorry. That's not correct. On the tablets and mm-hmm. on electronic devices, trying to schedule. Right. And she finally sat there one day going, yay. I go, what's wrong? She goes, I got my appointment. Wait a minute. And then she punched in. She goes, I got mom's appointment. And she goes, wait a minute. And she punched in. She goes, I got yours too. And I said, well, I can get mine through VA. And she goes, no, oh, I got one. Get it here. So, so we went to Publix, and she went to one Publix, and I had to go to another one um, because oh, yeah. there was an appointment. But I went in, and I, you know, I'm here for an appointment, and they actually they had a little table out in the front, and I checked in there and went in, sat down, waited, 
you know, two or three minutes and they put me in the room and the pharmacist came in and rubbed the alcohol on and stabbed me with the needle and said, there you go. You That's need to it. sit up in front. And that was it. You know, she said, you need to sit up in front and wow. wait for uh, 15 minutes. So I went and sat there and there was another guy sitting there and we talked for about 10 minutes and then she came out and she goes, you guys okay? And the other guy says, oh, except for the time we stood up and fell over. And <laughs> we both started laughing. He goes, oh, because we had masks on. She couldn't tell we were smiling or whatever. And, oh, okay. And we said, and he said, except when we stood up and we fell over. And she goes, oh, and we, we laughed. So she let, and that was it. I was there for, yeah, well, I had to do some shopping. I had to pick up some stuff. But uh, I was there for the shot. It took me 10 minutes, 15 minutes, counting the wait time wow. and all that. Yeah. Why are people waiting in lines like, you know, four or five, you know, eight hours long just to, and they're getting there at, you know, three, four o'clock in the morning just to, just to get in line to these, you know, the stadium ones. If you can, is public you, like reserved only for, for certain people yeah. or what? Reserved for certain wow. times. You got your appointment times and that's it. But she battled that. I mean, she was on the yeah. electronic pads and stuff. Uh, five, six times. I mean, she got up at six o'clock mm-hmm. one morning and started to do it. And she'd sit there and right at six o'clock, she'd hit the button and then keep hitting the button. And at five minutes after six, it'd pop up on the screen, uh, filled up. And so she'd go, oh, and close everything down. And then the next one would be wow. available at seven o'clock. And she'd start at seven. The next one would be available at two o'clock in the afternoon. She started at two o'clock. Oh. And since that's why she was so excited when she was able to get Publix and get all of us. So it, it's still that way, yeah. though. It's still it's hard. But the VA sent me uh, a text message saying VA is available for shots now for your group. Because the first thing they did was they gave old veteran shots. I mean, you had to be over 75 or stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so they gave old veterans and ones with serious illnesses shots first. And then they said, okay, we can do all veterans now. And the two guys I play golf with, both went down to the VA clinic in Tampa on the 11th and got their first shot. So I could have went there also. I got mine on the 8th, I think. So a few days later, I could have went down to Tampa, but it's so much easier to, you know, close. So I did that, but the VA is doing it now. But like we all know too, I mean, because of the snows and bad weather and everything, and they're, they're being delayed. A lot of the publics have canceled their appointments mm. coming up. They've got shots for the second one, but they aren't given new ones because, you know, they can't get them in. And I guess the second one's well, the exact same as the first. You just need two of them. I don't think there's any yeah. difference in them. I, I guess they're the exact same thing. You just need yeah. that little boost, you know, so. So. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, congratulations. Know. Yeah, I know she was. She was posting on social media like, "We got it, we got it." Here we yeah, it, it was <laughs> exciting. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. it was unbelievable how and she she worked hard for it. I'll tell you, you know. Mm-hmm. But set her in the house, and just you know, get on the electronics, and just finally got through. And the state, you know, a lot of these things you see these long lines is through the state. This is state ran oh. things that you see backed up. Yeah, and it's yep. so screwed up. It's just unbelievable. Oh, you hear that state? You're so screwed up when it comes to that. Yeah. yeah, they're they're screwed up with any kind of emergency thing. Like like remember when the the uh, 
the website came out for people to get on and, and do the unemployment, you know, because they were, oh, yeah. you know, they need to get the, the weekly uh, payments now because they were out of work or something. And I went through mm-hmm. it. And it was like you couldn't even get on the on the stupid website. Oh, and, it crashed two or three times. I mean, that one. Oh, yeah, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. And and you know, they were, you know, they just they it's messed up system. They're the yeah. state of Florida is just they really dropped the ball uh, last year when this first came out, and they were, oh well, you're you know we're going to guarantee you this kind of money and all this kind of stuff if you get in, if you can get on. And then yes. calling is a totally you know oh, wreck anyway. But uh, yeah, that, that that's ridiculous. Terrible. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just I remember yeah. the little walking one they had going across the screen when you log in. You're trying to log into the site, and it says, you know, here's your little walking man. You have to stay at your computer. And I went to the bathroom because uh, he was halfway across the line. I went to the bathroom, came back, and the little man was already finished and says, you have to restart the process again. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my god. I was thinking, you know, if I hadn't washed my hands, you know, for 20 seconds or whatever, if I hadn't done that, would I have made it? You know, it's like, come on. I mean, I think the wait time was like uh, an hour and 45 minutes. And I sat here because I was like, I don't know what this is going to do. And it, you don't know if he's going to run real fast. Me, oh, yeah. So you see him walking across there. He's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, not moving. And it's like another square. He's, you know, animated walking thing, but he's in that one little square. And it moves over, you know, and I don't know, like like four, uh, an hour, hour and 15 minutes later, I'm sitting there going, oh, I, got time. I got time. He's barely making it. He's, he's huffing and puffing, getting across this stupid line. So I ran into the restroom. And, <laughs> and came back and he was already gone. And <laughs> you missed your time. You have to start over again. Oh, no. Oh, oh. Okay. Oh, it was a headache. Every week you had to go through that. And then. Oh, really? Yeah. But, uh, Every weekend, yeah. do that again. Oh no! Yep, every week, and then after that, I think it was uh, two weeks. You had to check in with them, and you know, it was <laughs> ridiculous. But yeah. uh, they, you know, the good thing is, is they still made you work for it, which, which I think, you know, a lot of people yeah. were complaining. It's like, hey man, you know, you didn't have to go anywhere. You didn't have to. You just had to put up with it, and you still had to work for it and and earn it. Is what they want you to do. There you Welcome go. To the there state you of go. So, well, they didn't make yeah. you jump in the car and go down to the unemployment office, you know. I mean, oh yeah, years ago when oh, I was on it, I used to hate that. You had to go down once a week and give them the list of the places you went to and all that stuff. Yep. And you're going, oh, oh man, you know this. I, you know, and you kill a day going down to the unemployment office because it <laughs> never, never was fast, you know. So yeah. I guess trying is so much easier now. You know? It is, but when you have so many people getting on it at one time, it was just breaking. They weren't, yeah. like, you know, they weren't set up for it. It's, it's, and, and it I kept, crash. I, I think I'm supposed to, oh, yeah, yeah, many times. I mean, there were times you couldn't even get to the page, uh, get the page to load to, to even do anything. Yeah. It was just, they weren't set up. And we were like, what are they using, a- 1980s, uh, you know, Radio Shack computers or something? I don't know what it was. But it was just <laughs> using one little the- computer in a room. <laughs> what is it, the Commodore, Commodore 61. 64, yeah. <laughs> you got 64, yeah. That's what you're using. That's what, yeah. Yeah, Commodore 64. <laughs> yep. Game over. <laughs> I can't handle this. I can't handle this. Game over. Yep. 64 yeah. Mega, 64 Mega Ram. And, yeah. yeah. That was that's why they have problems. They, they haven't traded in yeah. their Commodore 64 yet. 
there was a meme about that. I think that was pretty accurate. Um, <laughs> the server room at the Florida Department of uh, Unemployment <laughs> Department. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, that probably what they do. Yeah, we're still on. Uh, okay. People are just listen to us chit chat now. <laughs> yeah. Before the show and now after the show. And after the show. And people are there going, yeah, you, I know you're right. You know, and it's probably happened in other states too. It's probably not just Florida. Yeah. You know, I, wonder if it is. I mean, yeah. can we be the only stupid state, you know, unprepared no, state can't. in the country that answered this? Are you sure? It's Florida. I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay. Florida is right at the top there, though. Florida is one of those, you know, oh, the yeah. Florida man. You know, that's always the classic we whenever you the, talk about dumbass things. It's the Florida man. We, but, we set the bar. We set the bar, and everybody else is, you know, yeah. Striving to reach it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But there are others that are close to us, but nobody can touch the Florida man. Yeah. That's right. The one yeah. to beat, Florida. That's right. That's okay. right. <laughs> uh, I guess so. Uh, I guess <laughs> we'll need to close, we'll close the show for tonight. Uh, don't forget next week. The is it next week already? The twenty seventh. Next week already. Yeah, twenty uh, eighth already. Yeah. Wow. Uh, next Thursday we have Natalie, uh, Chief of Wine Happiness, uh, joining us from Canada, and um, it's going to be a, a an enjo- very enjoyable show. Um, yeah. And we'll talk to her next week. So join us at seven p.m. Eastern time uh, next Thursday, right here on blog talk radio and on our Facebook page. And thank you all very much for tuning in and listening to our, whatever this was at the end. We'll see you all next time. Thanks again. Be Bye-bye. safe out there. Thanks for Be safe. Yeah. Thank you. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook. Or to be a guest on the show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.